Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. I tell you, uh, I was in Nashville yesterday, and here on your $20 bill, if you have one, if folks carry cash anymore, there's a man named Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson has a, or had a cotton plantation right there in Nashville. It's called the Hermitage. And Andrew Jackson, uh, he was our seventh president of the United States. He became president and was elected in 1828. And he was uh, a general, uh, led one of the military, several military campaigns there against Great Britain in the War of 1812, has a very decorated uh, history in his life. He was married to a young lady named Rachel, and Rachel was a Presbyterian. In fact, he had a very, has a very large plantation there in Nashville, and he actually has his own church about a mile in his backyard that is on his plantation. So you talk about a family chapel, it was truly a family chapel. They just go on back and go to church back there. Well, Mr. Jack, or General Jackson wasn't really into um, going to church, and his commitment to the Lord wasn't uh, very committed while he was a general, and he was young and his, I guess, becoming president, he focused on politics and military, and he told his wife that when he would retire and he'd get out of politics, then he would make that decision to get involved in church and get saved and do what he needs to do to start following the Lord. Well, when he was elected in 1828, shortly after his election, his wife passed away before his inauguration. He was inaugurated in 1829, and he grieved for his wife. He, she was actually from Harrodsburg, Kentucky here, and he uh, missed her greatly. Well, he went on to serve as president for eight years, and then after he left the Oval Office and came back to his plantation there, his cotton plantation in Tennessee, he then, in 1838, he joined his own church in his backyard. And, and got involved and started going to church. And he says, and you read about the history of why here, here he is late in life starting to get involved in church. And he was doing it to honor the request of his wife who had passed away. And also when he was growing up, he says his mother encouraged him to go to church and follow Christ. And he was making that decision as well to honor both his late mother and his late wife that had passed away. And he only lived seven more years and passed away in 1845. And his life is very decorated and accomplished it a lot. That's why he's on our $20 bill. But Andrew Jackson's spiritual life in many ways is very sad because he waited until his, his later years in life to become a Christian and get serious about following Christ and his commitment to the Lord. And only was able to really uh, be faithful for about seven years before he went to be with the Lord. And that story is very sad because you see a man that wanted to focus on his career, on being president, on his uh, being a military leader, and his other affairs in his life than following the Lord. And Scripture speaks about this, and it warns us about this as well. We need, as young adults, and as teenagers, and even as children, we need to commit our lives to Christ at a young age. And maybe you are young, maybe you, have, you know of some young people, some grandchildren in your life 
that you need to tell them what I'm going to tell you. If they're not here, maybe they're out doing whatever today. You need to encourage them in this manner. So go ahead and open up your Bibles. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. It says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of adversity come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no delight in them, before the sun and the light are darkened, and the moon and the stars and the clouds return after the rain. Solomon's writing this. He's a man who had it all, just like General Jackson. Very wealthy man, very successful man. And he's realizing, Solomon, in his later years in life, that when you've accomplished a lot, when you've lived a long life, you look back and all that matters is God. And the Bible tells us that we need to come to God, we need to turn to the Lord while we're young. There's an urgency for young folks to turn to Jesus. Young people today are very preoccupied. They're very busy. There's many things that are vying and pulling for their attention. They are um, just in, a, uh, in, in many ways a daze of what's going on. This is a true story. Back in the fall, I uh, had a funeral over in uh, Glasgow, Kentucky. I had to go to. And that, there's a river over there it's called the Hidden River Cave. You know, it's a lost river, lost river cave. And it's right there in Glasgow. And what it is, is there is a cave. That's like cave country over there. It's near Cave City. And um, I thought, well, I'm over there. I'm one of these guys. If I'm going to drive somewhere, I'm going to go find somewhere else to go see. So why drive to Nashville and just cha- exchange children? If I'm going to go to Nashville, we need to go tour Andrew Jackson's home. So that's what I did yesterday. So back in the fall, I was down in Glasgow. Never been there, but I was there a few months ago. So I went and toured the Lost River Cave. And I was walking in. This is an example of what it's like for young people today. How they're in many ways oblivious. So I walk in, I'm paying a little seven, eight bucks to go in the little river cave. Once you've been in one cave, you've seen every cave. They're all the same. 55 degrees and it's dark. That's a cave anywhere in the universe. Anyway, I felt I needed to go visit this cave. It's something new to see. So I'm there, and the teenager was like an 18, 19-year-old, was checking me out and ringing me up. I says, and she asked, so where are y'all from? It was very obvious. She, I guess, supposed to ask the people. Like, oh, we're from Lexington. Daniel Jr. was with me. I said, and, she, and then she made a comment. She said, yeah, or I made a comment. She said, man, where are you from? So, oh, I live right here in this, this city. I said, well, I bet you come to the cave growing up all the time, because she told me she graduated from high school, she's like going to college, or just started college or something, and I said, I bet you come here all the time, I said, you know, sir, really, I didn't even know this place was here, and I used to ride the school bus, and the bus stop was one block from the cave, I had no clue this place even existed, I, I made, kind of made a comment, I said, but guess, I guess you were playing on your phone, or I, said, I made a comment, like she said, sir, you're right, I was, because I would stand there at the bus stop, and I'm on my phone. I thought, that's the life of a young person. That you live the, giant, the largest tourist attraction in your city, you're not even aware of it. That is a danger for young folks today. But the danger isn't that you'll miss your cave in your little city. The danger is you'll miss Christ. And God is telling young people, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. If He tells you that, 
That means there's a danger of you forgetting choir about God. And it's easy to forget about God, and the Lord is pleading with us that we need to remember Him. I have another Bible verse here. I just want to read it to you. It's in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 55, 6. Isaiah writes to us, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call to Him while He is near. Now, this verse implies two things. It says we need to seek the Lord while He may be found. It says He may be found. That implies there could be a time, there is a time, when the Lord will not be found. And I'm going to answer, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. There might come a time in your life where you can't find the Lord. And it says, call to Him while He is near. God comes near to us. That means there is a time. It's implying there might be a time when God is not near. So we have to make sure that we are responding to the Lord when He's ready to be found, when He's near in our hearts, when He's speaking to us and convicting and moving in our hearts. So we want to make sure we're diligent as young adults, as your children, your grandchildren, that they respond to God. Why is it easy to come to Christ while you're young? It's actually easier to come to Christ when you're young than when you're old. And here's why. I'm going to tell you all. It's easy because when you're young, you have less worries. You have less worries when you're young. Young folks don't worry about the things old folks worry about. Young people have energy. They're excited. They wake up and there's a whole day of exciting things for them to do. They're going to have fun. They look forward to simple things. Playing with toys. I teach two-year-old Sunday school here at our wonderful church. Little Zach, Zach Bauer's little boy Isaiah walked in today. And after Zach left and dropped him off, gave me his diaper bag. And he first thing he wants to start riding is, is, is it a fire truck? I don't know, it's like a car. It's a tricycle fire truck car. It's all three in one package. I mean, he is excited about that. That's what the little guy lives for. There it is. And they take our lesson, and they put it in the trunk, and they call it, and they want to be the mailman. And they deliver my lesson. That's what we do. When you're two, you long for these simple things. I go to Sunday school to ride a fire truck. They look forward to this. And then the next little boy, Noah, comes in. Bill Alexander's grandson, he wants to know what snack is. We even walk through the door. He's ready for snack. That's what we look forward to. There's no worries for young people. Nothing to worry about. The worries, is the fire truck going to be there? And what's for snack at Sunday school? The Bible tells us when you have less worries, it's easier to come to Christ. Old people worry about things. Think about it. You have bills you've got to pay. You're worried about how much do things cost? You've got a doctor's appointment this week. What's that test going to be like that I'm going to have? These are just things to think about. You worried about the weather. You probably checked the weather this morning. Do young people check the weather? No! Why would a young person ever check the weather? Who cares? Young people, little boy around the snow within his underwear. There's just no worries about these things. And what happens is 
The Bible's telling us there are many things we can't control. So why worry about this? In fact, Jesus spoke about this. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus says, Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink. All the little two-year-olds, they did worry about what they're going to eat. Or don't worry about your body or what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Jesus says, life is more than whatever you have to worry about. We were created choir to live for God. And the danger for us is our worries in our life will strangle our spiritual life. One of the reasons that senior adults and older folks my age don't respond to God is because the worries have entrapped them. Do you remember the parable of the sower? Remember the seed that fell on... It started out good. It came up. But then Jesus says... The thorns came, the little, the little crop and is starting to grow. But then all of a sudden, some thorns came around it and trapped it. And Jesus says, those thorns represent life's worries. Young people don't have anything to worry about. That's why it's easier for them to come to Christ. And if you know some young people in your life, or if you're young right now, you need to encourage them. They need to turn to the Lord now. Because the window could close. God might not be near. Young people think about the things of the Lord. Not only when you're young do you have less worries. When you're young, you have less regrets. Less regrets. How sad is it to go a life with regret. A life of missed opportunity. A life that is no longer sensitive to the things of God. This man on this $20 bill, he was sad that his wife passed away right after he was elected president. And then, ten years later, he basically became a Christian to honor her request and his mama's request. But that was a life of regret because she was a devout, godly woman, and he wasn't at first. Andrew Jackson was a military man, focused on his career. And he regretted that he didn't come to the Lord while she was alive. She never got to come to church with her husband. She never got to experience spiritual things. Sin hardens our hearts. That's what sin does. You live your life, and as you go through life, as you experience things, heartache, setback, it hardens your heart. It's harder for someone who's 60 or 70 to turn to Christ than someone who's 10, 11, 12, 13. Because that person that's lived decades longer, they have been hardened by life. You're jaded. You're cynical. You've been burned. You sit in a church service and you think, all that preacher wants is money. In fact, we haven't even passed offering plates yet. They're, they're coming soon. That's what you're thinking. Where are they? And by the way, they're in the back, back there in the lobby. is where we have, if you're wondering. Because that's, that's, what, that's what sin does. You're, you're thinking about other things 
than the Lord. The older you get, the more pain you carry. Young people don't have that. They don't have the, they haven't experienced the type of pain. And Jesus is telling us, He warns us, that your life, sin, hardens your hearts. The Pharisees were the most hard-hearted people in the Bible. They were the religious pros. They had been in the business. They had heard every sermon. So then all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and tells them to repent and turn to the Lord, and they laugh at Him. They laughed at Him because in their mind, their pride, they didn't need to repent. They were fine. You go tell a young person to repent, they barely even sin. But they will repent because their heart is still soft and tender to God. One of the most dangerous things that happens to you when you age is your heart grows less sensitive to God. You want to be close to God? You make sure you have a sensitive spirit towards Him. When He convicts you of sin, when He speaks to you, you respond and listen and say, Lord, here I am. Send me. This is why God calls young people to the ministry. I was called to preach when I was 16 years old. Because many times, if you're 46 years old and He calls you to preach, you'll say, I'm too busy. I've got things I've got to do. I've got a family to take care of. I've got responsibility in my life. God's speaking to you if you're young. There's less regret. Not only do you have less worries when you're young, less regret when you're young. You want to come to Christ when you're young? Because you have more to gain. And I believe this is most important. When you come to Christ as a young person, you have more to gain. So what do you mean by that? Think about it. You get saved as a young man, young woman, teenager, young adult. You've got decades of serving the Lord. You come up, you become a deacon in your church, you become a Sunday school teacher, you serve at VBS, you serve in different ministries, you help out, and just you raise your children in the Lord, you raise your grandchildren in the Lord, you ha- you've been to many Worship services, to hear God's word proclaimed, you have the opportunity to join the choir, decades of service. Whereas if you get saved when you're approaching death, you'll soon meet Jesus. You can get saved when you're approaching death, and that's good to do that. But you've wasted many years of your life. Christ is speaking to us, and He's saying, young man, young woman, you have more to gain while you're young. Think about that story of the rich young ruler choir. He was young. He had great opportunity in his life. But he missed that opportunity. He could not come to Christ because of his wealth. He could have been on the team with the disciples and served many decades. We would be reading in the New Testament about the rich young ruler. We don't even know his name. All we know is he failed to respond to Jesus when he could have been writing books of the Bible. But instead of him, us quoting him as Scripture, we tell a story about the one who did not 
return to Christ. He had a lot to gain, but his possessions prevented him from turning to Christ. You think about more to gain. You want to come to Christ while you're young. You have years of knowing you can enjoy the Lord. Think about the book of Sol- think about Solomon. He wrote this book here, Ecclesiastes. Solomon's writing this later on in his life. Solomon's father was David. Solomon grew up at church. The Lord appeared to Solomon while he was young. But Solomon's heart turned away from the Lord. And he's writing this book here, thinking about the missed opportunity. He had gained everything the world offered, but he did not gain that closeness, that intimacy that his father David had. And fathers, if you know, grandfathers, if you are close to the Lord, you want to make sure your children, your grandchildren, experience saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus needs to be the Lord of your children's life. You want to come to church as a family. You want to have the assurance that the people who you raised in your household, when you go to be with Jesus, soon after they too will be with Jesus. Leading your family, leading your grandchildren to faith in Christ at a young age is at the utmost importance of what we will do as men and women of the Lord. This is, there's an urgency to see. Because what happens, just like that story, that little girl in Glasgow, you go through life playing on your phone. You go through life chasing Andrew Jacksons, and you miss that opportunity to turn to the Lord and have decades of lost service to God. God wants to raise up a great revival of young people who love Him, that have turned to Him. You know, I think about this, this past week, or last night even. Last night we had 45 people spend the night in our gym. I know many of you are thinking, bless their hearts. They slept on a gym in their sleeping bag. So where did these people come from? They came from Wisconsin, is where they came from. They drive down yesterday morning. They drove down, left very early, and the guy kept telling me, he says, Dean, we are just... You know, a bathroom break for 45 teenagers, you would think it would take five or six minutes. 45 minutes per bathroom break, David. I mean, it just when you have big groups, it takes forever to make a, a pit stop. And they kept getting later and later and later. And do you all know where they ate at? Their, their most famous place they want, or the, the best place in Lexington they could, I guess, discover is Joe Bologna's is where they ate. They sat up top. It used to be, I think, old church and Jewish synagogue. And they were sitting up top there, and they loved it. And uh, they got to experience Lexington here last night. And they were young people, a part of two high schools, of their Fellowship of Christian Athletes group. And those young folks, I had the opportunity to come up here at 10 p.m. last night. I got to speak to them, pray with them, encourage them in the Lord. They were excited. They were headed to South Carolina, to Lexington, South Carolina, on a mission trip. And they were spending the night here on their way down there. Those young people, I was telling them last night, he says, young folks, you're going to have the best week of your life. You're going on a mission trip to serve the Lord. You're going to be a great witness. You're going to see the power of God work in your life. And you're going to grow up. Now these folks are from, one, one of the high schools was from northern Wisconsin. 
They've never even been to South Carolina. They were talking about how hot it's going to be and humid. And they'll live the rest of their life. They will tell their children and their grandchildren about their mission trip to South Carolina and about their experience. Do you remember when you were a teenager, a young adult, you got to go on mission trips, you went to camp, you got to experience the work of the Lord in your life? That's why you want to come to Christ as a young age. Those young adults have been planted the seed of missions in their heart. They will grow up, and that seed will grow. They will pass it on to their children and their grandchildren. What we received, our spiritual blessings as a young adult, we pass on to ours. That is why it's important for young people at a young age, to turn to the Lord. Less worries, less regrets, more to gain. God is speaking to you. You're here this morning. He wants you to turn to Christ. You have an opportunity as a young adult to say, Lord, I won't God, I want Jesus. I want to experience this. Don't let sin, pride, life's worries to prevent you from experiencing and coming to know God. Jesus pleads with us. He's saying, what do you have to worry about? Even the, the grass, it grows. The Lord provides for it. The, the flowers, the, He provides for the lilies in the fields. He takes care of these things. Jesus is speaking to you this morning, saying, do you trust me with your soul? Do you trust me with eternity? Do you trust me with your family? There's constantly this battle for your soul, which in many ways is a battle for your time. Your time is what you give to what's most important. You want to live a God-centered life. Your daily schedule, how you spend your time, will determine your spiritual vitality in your life. And this morning, I'm pleading to you. I put it on my little bulletin notes. Here it is. Your future. In closing, here it is in your bulletin. From a soothsayer pastor. You know what a soothsayer is? Soothsayer is someone who predicts the future. I'm going to predict the future in your life. You, including me, are going to pass away. We're going to die. And you know what's going to happen? We are going to stand before God. We'll stand before God. That's a guarantee. Number two, it's wise to get saved. It is wise to get saved. You will be spared regret. I've nev never met anyone, choir, you've probably never met anyone either, that has given their life to Christ at a young age and go, I can't believe I did that. That was a terrible decision. In fact, it's always the opposite. Someone doesn't turn to the Lord and they squander their life own worthless things, in many ways what Solomon did. Their hearts was led astray from God. 
and they live a life of regret. Jesus is speaking to you this morning. And he's saying, will you make me your Lord? Will you make me your Savior? Because soon, you and I will be standing before God, giving account of our life. I want to pray for you right now. So let's, let's bow our heads. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we'll have a time of prayer. It's your opportunity to respond to Jesus. He's speaking to you this morning. This is your time. God, I pray for the young folks here. I pray for the young folks that need to get saved. I pray for the senior adults. Maybe they have lived a life of regret and neglect, and they have delayed responding to you. Lord, you tell us to remember our Creator and the days of our youth before the days of trouble come. The days of trouble are coming. That's the day of worry. We worry about things we can't control. Lord, I pray that we respond to you this morning. Lord, we'll have less worry. We'll have less regret. And Lord, we will have more to gain. And there's always more with you, Lord. If there's anyone here this morning that needs to get saved, I pray they'll walk this aisle. Take my hand. Take Brother Hurt's hand and make their decision public. Lord, help us follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We close every single worship service here at our wonderful church with an invitation. So I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to sing. We're going to sing a hymn called, Have You Been to Calvary? Calvary's where Jesus died. He 